Welcome to the August 21st episode of the Enjoying the Bible podcast. I'm Matt Ellis, and I'm the pastor of the First Baptist Church in Polk City, Florida. Today's reading is Psalm 107 to 109 and 1 Corinthians chapter 4, but we'll only focus on the New Testament in this podcast. I hope you're ready. Let's get started. Okay, as we come to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul is going to begin with encouraging people not to prejudge ministries or ministers, and I don't think this is a wholesale prohibition, um, and we'll talk about that in just a moment, but he's also going to really get on to the Corinthians for their pride once again, once again, and so we're going to... Uh, we're going to look at this. Let's just go through it, not verse by verse, but uh, we'll read quite a few of the verses. In verse 1, Paul says, A person should think of us in this way, as servants of Christ and managers of the mystery of God. So wh what's he saying? He's saying, okay, I know how many of y'all have been thinking of us. You've been saying, hey, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, and you've got these guys that you thought you just elevated them up on a pedestal, and you said you were their follower. You were their follower. He said, how should a person think, think of us? He said, you should think of us this way, a servant of Christ and a manager of the mysteries of God. He, what Paul's doing and what he's going to do is he's going to devalue himself, or really, rightfully talk about himself, and then he is going to, I mean, he really, here in just a few moments, he's really going to shame the people of Corinth uh, for their arrogance, uh, for their, their spiritual pride. And, and by the way, um, let me tell you that, uh, you know, we are to love the church as an organism, as an organization. Um, because Jesus died for believers, but believers gather in churches, and so Jesus died for the gathered body of believers. He died for the church. But one of the things that I've observed is that it seems to me that some organizations, some churches, some Christian schools, some families that homeschool, Christian families at homeschool, and, you know, any other places where Christians are able to do their thing unhindered, it really seems to me that there is a special kind of arrogance, spiritual arrogance, that shows up among them uh, I, that I think is, is, that I think only people who are religious can really get into. I, I, I don't see too much of this with lost people. I see it a lot with Christians. Um, it's, it's an arrogance that comes from, I've got it all together, and I'm looking down on other people. It's a pharisaical kind of arrogance, pharisaical kind of arrogance. Um, and I just, I just want to encourage you as a Christian to realize that uh, as we read about this church, 1 Corinthians, that was arrogant and saturated with pride, that you and I have our own problems with the arrogance. Maybe it's not as bad as the church of Corinth. Maybe it's worse. But all of us, to one extent, battle with pride. 
lost people battle with pride, but I've just noticed it within Christians that there seems to be this arrogance, spiritual arrogance. And so this is what Paul is really, really hammering them home about. He's, and, and so what he's going to do is say, you know what, okay, y'all are looking up to us. Let me tell you about us. And he's going to speak of themselves in a way as to say, we're not all that, right? A, couple, a few chapters ago, he said, there's not many noble, not, not many wise that have been chosen. He said, look at you. You got no reason for pride. Look, look at who you are. You don't, you're not all that. And so now he's going to say, okay, us that you're looking up to, we're not all that either. And so he said, verse 1, a person should think of us in this way, servants of Christ and managers of the mystery of God. The word servants is not the, the Greek word diakonia, uh, from where we get the word deacon. It is a, another word that just really emphasizes a subordination to a higher authority, and therefore the subordination shows itself up shows shows itself in obedience in doing the things that the other the, the higher authority tells you to do. He said that's all we are. We're we're just servants of Christ and managers of the mysteries of God. We're the ones who have this mystery that that has been revealed the gospel and all of these wonderful truths that the Holy Spirit has revealed to us and we want to to share it with you. We but but we're just managers and servants. Verse 2, in, regard, in this regard, it's required that managers be found faithful. He said our job is not to come up with our own agendas. Our job is just to be faithful to the God who commissioned us and to the, the mission that he sent us out on. He said we're not that much. We're really not that much. Verse 5, so don't judge anything prematurely. Now, um, verse 3, I, I don't want to go through every verse, but I feel like we need to to get to verse 5. Verse 3, it is of little importance to me that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I don't even judge myself, for I am not conscious of anything against myself, but I'm not justified by this. It is the Lord who judges me. And so what he's talking about is, I'm not that much, but I don't know of any sins against me. I don't know of any grievous offenses that I've committed that I haven't made right with the Lord. And so I think what he's referring to here is what he had talk, talked about in the previous chapter, chapter 3. You know, some ministers are faithful ministers and other ministers are unwise ministers. Well, I think what he's saying here is that we cannot fully... Um, judge a ministry this side of heaven. Ultimately, we have to wait for the Lord to do that. He said, but as far as I know, I don't have anything against me. I think, I believe that I've been doing ministry right. I believe that I've been doing gold, silver, and precious stone. But the end of verse four, it's the Lord who judges me. He's going to be the one that determines. Y'all aren't going to judge me. I'm, I can't even really judge myself because I don't have the ability to be as just as the Lord and see through everything. He said, I, I'm so skewed in how I see myself that I'm not really even a good judge of myself. I'm trying to be a faithful minister, but ultimately it's going to be the Lord that judges. Verse 5, so don't judge anything prematurely before the Lord comes who will both bring to light what is hidden in darkness and reveal the intentions of the heart, and then praise will come to each one from God. And so what he's saying here is that don't go around and assume that you have the ability to judge other people's ministries. Now, there are some ministries where there is 
known sin that's tolerated or um, encouraged even, or there are some ministries, maybe even the same ministries, who are teaching things that are diametrically opposed to the to the truths of Scripture. And we're not talking about second and third issues. We're talking about primary issues, issues about who Jesus is and what salvation is and how you obtain it and so on and so forth. Paul is not saying don't confront that because, after all, 1 Corinthians is a confrontation of that in the church. And, in fact, he's going to nail the people that have come in to lead the church against Paul, um, and he's going to call them super apostles mockingly uh, later on. But, uh, but what he is saying generally is, is that it is difficult to assess the true eternal nature of a minister's work and a ministry, and so let the Lord figure that out. Let the Lord figure that out. Of course, if there's sin, if there's heresy, you deal with it. You deal with it. But ultimately, the Lord's going to be the one that figures everything out. Um, but now he's going to go back to saying, but we're not that much. <laughs> we're not that much. Um, verse 6, Now, brothers and sisters, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the meaning of saying nothing beyond what is written. The purpose is that none of you will be arrogant, favoring one person over another. And so Paul was warning them to follow his example of humility, but humility was seen as a deplorable attribute of slaves in that time. So Paul is advocating, he is saying, he is humbling himself, and he's saying, follow our example, and he's going to say, imitate me as I also imitate Christ uh, in just a little bit in verse 16. But this is not an attribute that they would have valued. They value pride, they value arrogance in Greece, and uh, there at that time. And so he was humbling himself and saying, why are you following us? Follow Jesus. Verse 7, for who makes you so superior? Now he's going to deal with their pride. What do you have that you didn't receive? If in fact you did receive it, why do you boast as if you hadn't received it? So humility was the only appropriate response when they realized that everything they had came from God. He is, Paul is just speaking truth to their pride and calling them to humble themselves. He said, why do you act so boastful? Why do you act so proud? What do you have that you didn't, that God didn't give you? You, you don't have anything that God didn't give you. And if you did receive it, why are you bragging about it as if you got it yourself? You, you, and, and we're talking about opportunities. We're talking about skills. We're talking about all sorts of things, gifts, um, so verse 8, you are already full. Now he's going to mock them. He, he's going to mock them. Paul really isn't an interesting guy. He's going to mock them in his letters. Listen to him. You are already full. You are already rich. You have begun to reign as kings without us. I wish you did reign so that we could also reign with you. <laughs> so what's Paul saying? What Paul is doing is saying that you all are acting as if you're already in heaven. You're acting as if this is the way that you are to live. He said, but, 
And the implication was, in order for Jesus to get to the exaltation, he had to go through the cross. He had to be abused. Jesus had to go through the bad stuff to get to the really good stuff. Jesus had to be humbled in order to be exalted. Just read Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. And so what Paul is saying is, y'all are acting like you don't even have to humble yourself like Jesus did. Jesus humbled himself before he was exalted. You're not even going through the humility part. He is calling them to humble themselves. And then he goes in verse 9 and he says, For I think God has displayed us, the apostles, in last place. Like men condemned to die, we have become a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to people. So he was saying, y'all think you're all that, and you think you don't have to humble yourself in this life before you're exalted in heaven. But he said, if you look at us, boy, it's a sad plot. <laughs> it's a sad condition that God's called us to, that we're essentially in last place. We're condemned to die. We're persecuted. The apostles are mistreated. They're disrespected. All sorts of bad things that are causing us to have our hum uh, pride knocked out of us. We are humbling ourselves. We are being humbled. Verse 10, we are fools for Christ, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are dishonored. Up to the present hour, we are both hungry and thirsty. We are poorly clothed, roughly treated, homeless. We're, we labor, working with our own hands. When we are reviled, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we respond graciously. Even now, we're like the scum of the earth, like everyone's garbage. So Paul is saying, if you look at us, the leaders, the one that you claim to follow, we're not living the kind of life that y'all are living. You know, we, our life, as we follow Jesus, we're being persecuted for it, and we're suffering for it, and we're being cursed for it. And we're having to work with our hands. Paul talking about, of course, people have to work with their hands. But Paul, as a minister, is going to say to Timothy later on that a minister is worthy of, a laborer is worthy of his hire. And he's going to talk about how ministers ought to be able to sow spiritual and reap financial. Now, their, their motivation should not be financial. They shouldn't serve in order to uh, get that money and get more money. It shouldn't be the love of money. But Paul is going to build the case later on for how it is that those that are ministering spiritually to people to help them to grow, at least to give them the opportunity to grow, should be able to to be taken care of financially so that they can delegate, designate their time for that. But he said, you know, we're having to work with our hands. We don't have, we're not even able to make use of the rights that we have as ministers. And so Paul was basically saying, why are you all so arrogant? Why do you think you're all that? Why don't you humble yourself? In fact, uh, I'm reading a book right now once again by... Uh, now, at that time, her name was Nancy Lee DeMoss. And so that's the name that appears on the book, Nancy Lee DeMoss. And it's a trilogy. It's Brokenness, Surrender, and Holiness. I believe that's what it's called, Brokenness, Surrender, and Holiness. And 
Um, it's an incredible book, especially the first part of it, as I'm rereading once again about brokenness. And in there, Nancy makes incredible claims about how that there is no shortcut to spiritual maturity. There is no shortcut to enjoying a relationship with the Lord that is soul-satisfying and being able to be a minister of His, to be used by Him. There's no shortcut. And she talks about how that God's pattern throughout biblical history has been to break people, not to break their spirit, but to break their self-will and to humble them so that they know they need Jesus. They know they need him. This is what Paul is talking about. Paul is talking to the church of Corinth. They don't think they need the Lord. They're putting up with sin. They're making up their own rules. They're living their own way. They're making up their own truths. And Paul is just saying, why are you doing this? You're living for yourself. You're arrogant in your spirituality. And he said, you claim to be following us, but we're not living the way you're living. We're, we're broken before the Lord. Life for us has been hard, and God has graciously used that those difficulties and has redeemed it to break us so that we are humbled before the Lord and before each other. He said, if you really, really wanted to follow us, then live the way we live. Humble yourself. In fact, that's what he's going to say in verses 14 through 17. I'm not writing this to shame you. I'm not, I'm not, and he was being sarcastic with him, but he said, I'm not doing this just to put you down. I'm not doing this just to shame you beyond measure. He said, I, I do it to warn you as my dear children. I'm doing it because I love you. And that's the way it is, isn't it? You know, if you have a child um, that uh, you are raising and, and this child just really is going down a wrong path, well, you might use a light discipline to begin with. And if that doesn't work, then you go a little bit harsher for the discipline. And if that doesn't work, you keep on escalating the discipline appropriately until you get that child's attention and get them to do the right thing. And so Paul was harsh. And in fact, I don't think this is the first letter he wrote to Corinth. I think this is the second letter that he wrote to Corinth. The first one was lost. It was not scripture. But Paul said, I'm writing this not to ultimately shame you. I'm warning you as a dear, as dear children. I love you as a father. For you may have countless instructors, verse 15, in Christ, but you don't have many fathers, for I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I led many of you to the Lord, the Apostle Paul was saying. That's why I care so much about you. That's why I want to confront the sin that I see and that I hear about in you. Verse 16, therefore I urge you to imitate me. I urge you to imitate me. Now, I have read that verse before, and I've read it out of context, and I read it as in Paul was saying, hey, you can't see Jesus. You can see me. I'm headed toward Jesus, so follow me. Now, I've, I've interpreted it that way. I don't believe that that is, that is right. There, there may be some usefulness in seeing it that way, but I, I don't see that that's what Paul is saying. I think what he's saying is, is you know, as we've gone through this chapter, he's saying, y'all are arrogant, spiritually arrogant, and I'm telling you that God has broken us apostles, and, and we're not arrogant, you know, we're, we're humbled 
in the Lord's presence and in the presence of others. And so I'm just asking you, please follow my example on this. Please be humble like I am. And Paul's not priding himself in his humility, <laughs> but he's acknowledging reality. He's speaking truth. In verse 17, this is why I've sent Timothy to you. He's my dearly loved and faithful child in the Lord. He will remind you about my ways in Christ Jesus. He said, I'm sending Timothy to you. And this is going to be one of the things that, uh, you know, if, if you're spiritually arrogant, you're not going to listen to him. You're not going to treat him well. You're going to disregard him. And so I'm going to send Timothy to you, but if you're going to benefit from Timothy's ministry, you've got to humble yourself. You've got to humble yourself. So then we come to the very last part of this chapter, uh, verses 18 through 21. And uh, Paul's going to say, oh, by the way, I'm going to be showing up in a little bit. Now, he did this before. He did it in the book of Philemon. He called Philemon to let his slave go free and uh, said, oh, by the way, I'm going to be showing up to see how you've obeyed what I've asked you to do. <laughs> so, so Paul saying I'm going to show up was, hey, you better get things straight because when I show up, I'm going to be looking to see if you've, been in obe if you've been obeying me. That's what he's saying in verses 18 through 21. He said, now some are arrogant as though I were not coming to you. There's some that are just maintaining their arrogance and saying Paul's not coming. I'm not, we're not going to have to deal with him. Verse 19, but I will come to you soon if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk, but the power of those who are arrogant. He said, I'm not gonna, when I show up, I'm not going to be listening just to what they say. I'm going to see if the Holy Spirit is really powerfully inside of them. And if not, I'm going to confront them. Verse 20, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power, and the power is the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, what do you want? Should I come to you with a rod or in love and a spirit of gentleness? Paul is saying, are you going to deal with this sin in your heart so that when I show up, we can just enjoy each other's company? Or are you going to maintain this spiritual arrogance that you have, not broken before the Lord? Are you going to maintain this so that when I show up, I'm going to show up with a rod? Now, what's he talking about there? Basically, he's saying... You don't want me to take you out to the good uh, to the woodshed and give you a good old-fashioned spanking, do you? That's what he's saying. He's saying, deal with it yourself so that when I show up, I don't have to give you a spanking, but instead, so when I show up, we can enjoy each other's company and we don't have to deal with this awkwardness. Deal with your pride. Ask God, Holy Spirit, to work humility into you and embrace that humility. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you, and uh, Lord, we've seen in this chapter how pride is something that is so utterly offensive, and through Paul's pen, we understand that pride is offensive to you. Lord, it's easy to see pride in others, not so much in ourselves, but Lord, I pray that wherever pride exists in our heart, however much or however little there is, Lord, I pray that you would cause us to realize that it is utterly offensive to you. And in fact, it's offensive to other people who see it in us. So Lord, I pray that, uh, that as you bring and as you have brought difficulties into our life, that we would embrace those as opportunities so that you can redeem those times of difficulty and work a humility into us so that we're humbled in your presence 
and we're humbled in others, uh, that our life is not about ourself, but we're actually able to obey the second greatest commandment, to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Lord, if there's wherever there's pride, please help us to identify it, and may you do the work of digging that out. May we confess it as sin and make it right with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope today's episode has helped you to understand and enjoy God's Word so that you can apply it in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Enjoying the Bible podcast is a ministry of the First Baptist Church in Polk City, Florida. Check us out at fbcpolkcity.com. See you next time.